Welcome back to the island. Jason Hoda, Bilal Lahi. On this episode of Baller Island, we will recap All-Star Weekend and all the amazing events that happened, including the three-point contest, the skills challenge, and the dunk contest that never happened. And of course, we will talk about Steph Curry's remarkable MVP performance with 15 threes and 50 points. What a performance that was. We'll talk a bit about that as well. We will recap the first half of the NBA season and then look ahead and preview the second half of the NBA season. Talk a little pretender contender and we'll make some bold predictions for the second half of the NBA season as well. We'll talk a little Zion Williamson, Juwan Howard and much more. A lot more basketball content coming your way. So keep a lot. Stay tuned. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. What's going on, friends, and welcome to season two of Baller Island. Crazy to think that we've been doing this thing for already a year, but here we go. March Madness just around the corner. The NBA season is almost just over the halfway point, but usually we like to say the All-Star game is the halfway point, which just happened. We're going to recap that, talk about pretenders, contenders at the halfway point, and look ahead to the second half of the NBA season. It's your boys, Jay Sohoda, Bilal Lahi on the island. B, what's going on? All-Star weekend, always a great weekend in the sports world. I mean... See, I mean, we got our own thoughts on the All-Star Weekend. But, yeah, I, I love the All-Star Weekend. Um, now, Tuesday, to, you know, today, yesterday, and Wednesday, no basketball. I don't know what to do with myself. Facts. That's a good point. Yeah, not, not much really to go on. I guess it is a little college ball here and there. But, yeah, not much kind of empty. But we'll see that going forward. But before we get to All-Star Weekend, we got some, some news in the basketball world to kind of go over that everyone's kind of talking about. One. Zion Williamson and New Orleans. Ooh, Jesus, a lot of stuff going on there. And then, of course, the big news out of Michigan, Jawan Howard has been suspended for the remainder of the regular season in what was a crazy ending in the Michigan-Wisconsin game on Sunday afternoon. And Jawan Howard, of course, stroke an assistant coach or punch, slap, whatever you want to call it. An assistant coach of Wisconsin, that is not okay. Jawan Howard has been suspended for the regular season. We will talk about that as well. But let's kind of start with the Zion stuff, B. I, like, this whole thing, it's crazy because I, I saw a notification earlier and it was like, Zion Williamson, you know, his, his return coming back. And I'm like, bro, did the Zion Williamson era in New Orleans even begin? Like, I don't even know, like, what is going on here. It's just been an, an epic, epic fail for the New Orleans Pelicans thus far. I mean, yo, they... He, at the beginning of the year, I remember doing media day and whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, we'll be fine. Everybody's expecting him to play opening night. All year, it's just been like, oh, i play next week. Oh, he's ramping out five on fives. Oh, set back his foot's hurt. Oh, this is happening. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. Might need mess, man. I just, it's not that it's, you know, okay, obviously injuries are huge concern with a dude that size, but. His mom's kind of taking over ramps, saying, you know, he doesn't want to be there. Then you hear the thing he's not reaching out to CJ. And, like, the team's just kind of icing him out. He's icing the team out. He's just like a ghost. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It it really doesn't. And to me, I find it, to be honest, kind of mind-blowing for a guy like Zion with the athleticism and the talent that he has, especially coming from a year at Duke, which – 
you know, playing a year under Coach K, you would have thought you would have learned a lot, a lot more than just basketball, but in terms of leadership and, and all that other stuff. But it just seems like Zion, he, he knew he was going to be the first overall pick. I think I, we all knew he was going number one overall. You would think that there's a lot more that comes with that than when you're being picked to be the franchise guy of any team. There's a lot more than comes to that than just, you know, making sure you're in shape. That's number one. And you don't even have to be the franchise guy to do that. That's your job to get yourself in shape. I mean, for God's sakes, we're not even basketball players, but we all got to look after ourselves to try and get in shape. It should be a very, like, common sense type thing, especially when you're an athlete. Zion Williamson has the potential to be one of the, like, one of the most freak athletes we've ever seen. And, he, and, and the little glimpses that we have seen him, he has been like that. I, when I literally say that I don't even feel like the Zion era, like I'm just waiting for the Zion era to happen in New Orleans. It just hasn't happened, and I don't think it's ever going to happen. To be honest, I don't even know if his NBA career is going to take off because he can't stay healthy. He's clearly showing that he doesn't have the greatest leadership qualities by not reaching out to teammates, not being present on the court or in the locker room, whatever. I, I haven't even read all the stuff, to be quite honest with you. But I, I don't know what's going on in New Orleans. I just I feel bad for the franchise because if Zion was actually healthy and took care of himself and was actually a leader, things would be a little bit different. But Zion just seems to just be done with it. Meanwhile, he hasn't even started in New Orleans. crazy thing about this is last year, dude averaged like last first full year health, right? Because his he missed a bunch of time. Last year, he was healthy. Averaged like 27 and 9. His first year, basically, it's like twenty-seven, and it's the same. Like with no jump shot, really. Everybody knows he's an undersized power forward, and he's still averaging twenty-seven a game. Like, how does that? How freakish this dude is! Yeah, you know what this reminds. This is actually how Embiid started his career. You know, he he was hurt for basically his first two years, right? Even Ben Simmons is now I think I missed his first year, but Embiid was yeah. hurt for his first two years. Didn't see anything from him, but they drafted him third overall. So they're like, all right, this is our guy. We drafted him third overall. Keep him. And then we see how it's paying off for them right now. I mean, Philly was like the worst franchise organization in the league when Embiid was there. It was just a dumpster fire. So, I mean, you drafted this guy number one overall. He's doing some weird things. Pelicans are also, you know, a trash organization. So I can see a world because just how good he is, right? He, like I said, I was 27 a game basically in his first year. It can, like, I mean, we see what Embiid's doing right now. There's a little similarity there, but it's just a mess right now. Yeah, and no, I thought that's a good point um, with Embiid. Yeah, because Embiid was injured all the time in his first two years, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter refer to this as a Greg Oden situation, which I feel like is a little bit different, but I can see the similarities there too. But I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end. All in all, I don't know. If, I honestly don't think he's going to be in New Orleans for very much longer. But the question is, where does Zion go from here? Like, who? He's going to the Knicks to team up with his boys, RJ and Cam Reddish. Oh, and now this guy wants to go. to. So, so we're going to have the, the Duke Knicks is basically what you say is going to happen. Imagine him playing under a guy with Tibbs wanting him to play 47 minutes a game. And then let, let me guess, Coach K is going to come out of retirement and sign a one-year deal with the Knicks. And then play play in his other home stadium in Madison Square Garden. Wouldn't that be something? No, I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just I'm just playing at that point. But that that would be something. Imagine Stephen A. Imagine what this guy would do if that happened. Yo, the Knicks been wanting to get that big name guy for a minute now, right? So 
that's what I'm saying. Like Steve, Stephen A. practically cried on national television when when the Knicks didn't win the lottery and didn't get the first overall pick with Zion. That would that would be crazy. But I don't know, man. The, the Knicks right now clearly need the help. But the question is, is Zion even going to be on the floor? Right? That's 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 the part where I'm kind of asking because I, I get it. Like you're silly if you don't want to take it. But the thing is, like you're taking. Oh, you're taking on a guy who has shown that he cannot stay healthy. So, like, what's it's a I don't know. It's a high risk, but also you get you're gonna get a high reward if you take, you know, if you end up taking that bait there. But I don't know. That'll be an interesting situation where Zion ends up, how that whole thing goes. But the question is obviously Zion needs to stay healthy. The other big news in the basketball world, obviously, Jawan Howard. Like I talked about at the top of the episode, a disastrous ending to that game against Wisconsin. I'll be honest, like I didn't even really see the last few minutes of that game, but uh, from what I heard, I heard Wisconsin was up big. I think they were up by 15 or 16. Um, then uh, Greg Gard, Wisconsin's coach, says to put in some of the, the younger guys in there, get them some minutes. And then Michigan was pressing. Mm-hmm. Juwan Howard didn't like that. And then Wisconsin took a timeout because they're like, okay, I don't like the fact that you're pressing. And then it just all, all hell broke loose after that. Um, B, what are your thoughts from from this mess of a game here? Yeah, so that's what that's kind of what I saw too. But didn't did you see after the game? Um, he's like, I'll remember this shit or something. And then you see Greg Gard trying to like talk to him, and then he's like, Don't touch me. And it, it really was weird. I mean, escalated so fast. Oh and yeah. Then, and then the fact is that he got his whole team started fighting too, right? I think three players ended up getting suspended like from his squad. He's out for the regular season. Shoot. And he had a, he had an instance last year too against Maryland where he was walking over to their bench too and trying to yell at the coach over there. So, I mean, this is already his second instance with stuff like this with another coach. I mean, shoot, I wouldn't have been surprised if he, he got the can. I mean, a lot of people have kind of assumed that that might happen. I don't know. I feel like Michigan's probably like they're the the head of the school and all that and the basketball department, blah, 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 blah. I feel like they're probably going to get together, have a meeting in the coming days and probably just go over what the fate is there. Um, obviously, we know he's he is suspended for the remainder of the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's suspended for the remainder of the season, including the Big Ten tournament as well. And if if they're lucky enough to get in, to the NCAA tournament, which right now it's looking a little on the fence. Um, they're kind of teetering on that last four in line. But for Jawan Howard, it's just it's just a bad look. Like I like I'll be honest. Like again, you and I have said this multiple times, especially last year. And we're talking about March Madness. What a year Michigan had last year, getting the one seed and all that, getting to the Elite Eight. Jawan Howard, of course, has already anybody who knows Jawan Howard and him in Michigan has been through a lot with the Fab Five stuff and then the banners and then to end up being the coach again, being welcomed back. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, the whole storyline there of the... Like, I had to, like, read up on it and watch videos a bunch of times to even know what the hell happened with the Fab Five. But for Jawan Howard, this is just another... Just another added straw to this thing. It's like, dude, like, you got to be able to control... Like, I get it. You could, It's one thing to be upset. It's another thing to actually, like you know, strike a guy and slap him or punch him, whatever that was. Like, I don't even know what the hell it was. But either way, you physically went and touched someone in a bad way and you, you hit him. 
That's what he did. He hit him. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. And if you call yourself a leader of men as a coach, and I know Juwan Howard's a good dude. He's a good coach, but you can't do that, man. You just, you absolutely can't do that. I think he got the right punishment here, but at the end of the day, I, I don't know what the fate is here because you, it's just, it's simply unacceptable. It's, it's just not right. You're in a, you're in a, you know, the worst thing you could do, just don't shake hands. Like, if you know you can't contain yourself, just do a nice wave like we were doing last year and during the pandemic anyways, and just walk away. Juwan Howard, man, I don't know. It's an ugly look. Um, assistant coach Phil Martelli will take over, who's also a very good coach. So I think Michigan will be fine in the meantime. But, man, that's, it's not fun when you're trying to vie for a tournament spot, and now you have this other stuff kind of hovering over you not it's it's not what's best for the team and that in that regard Juwan Howard kind of failed this team in a way. Yeah. And uh the handshake thing. I mean, first of all, it's a little petty to even not want to shake hands, whatever. But if you're not gonna do it, I mean there's a handshake line, right? Just don't go in the line, exit through the locker room from the back or something. I mean, it's still gonna cause drama, but you would have saved yourself all this. I mean the worst part is for me though, like you said. That's supposed to be the, the players' leaders, right? Those dudes ride for this guy. So if he, you see your coach throwing hands, you got to hop in, you're going to start throwing hands. That's just a terrible look, like an awful look. Now it's like you're leading them in the complete wrong direction. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. And for a guy like Juwan Howard, who's already kind of been under that spotlight in a way, it just kind of just made it worse. And I don't know if you heard um, Jalen Rose on what he had to say yesterday on the thing and he was like he, he was like he was he was almost crying because he knew that what this could potentially lead up to which is obviously Joan Howard losing his job and he's like man after all we've been able to overcome since the five the fab five stuff and now to have something like this happen he's like I'm fearing the worst but we'll, we'll end up seeing what's happening but either way it's just it's just not right it's not right it's not acceptable you cannot do that and yeah, for, for the love of God, just shake the guy's hand and walk away. Or if you really don't want to do it, just walk away. But anyways, let's keep let's keep it moving here. And obviously, we will keep you all updated on whatever happens with Michigan. But Michigan over here is trying to vie for a tournament spot. So we'll see how that ends up um, coming out in the in the few days. But all right, let's keep this thing rolling and let's go to All Star Weekend, which was eh, a, a little good and bad. Sunday was great with the actual game and they had the whole uh, honoring the all 75 team, which I thought was super cool. And then Saturday night was uh, Saturday night was, was not good. And we're going to get into all that in a second and be, I'll get your thoughts here first. What were your takeaways from all-star weekend, which had a little good, a little bad and definitely a little ugly. Yeah. Let's start with the Saturday, man. I mean, the skills contest was Garbage. I hated the layout, how you had the Rooks, the Cavs, and the Brothers going against each other in like three separate things with the shooting, the passing, and the the obstacle course at the end. I missed it when it was the old layout. It was just, you know, two weaves, a bounce pass, a chest pass, a dunk or a layup, and a shot. I miss guys like, you know, D-Wade, we used to run that. You know, you had all the stars in that. D-Wade, LeBron, Chris Paul, Kobe, Derrick Rose, all these young, athletic dudes. Like, it should have been John Morant in this. It should have been guys like that. This layout just – I did not like it, man. Skills contest used to be one of my favorites, too. True, true. Yeah, no, I, I know you mentioned D-Wade, too. 
of like back in the day. It's funny. I, I kind of enjoyed him on the call. I don't know about you. I thought he was very entertaining with him and Reggie. Um, but I, I thought the skill sound was okay. I didn't love the new format. Like I'm kind of with you. I like the old format better, but I didn't mind this format with the different things. But I just found, I found the teams a little weird. Like, I don't know why they didn't pick like different guys and then almost do like kind of a draft, like what they do with the actual all-star game there. It was like random. They had the hometown Cavs and the, the, the Giannis and his brothers, which I thought was super random. And then the rookies. So it was a very like random group of guys that they kind of put together, which I thought was kind of weird. But yeah, the, the skills competition was okay. Wasn't great for me, but it wasn't horrible. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think the old format was definitely better. But I know a lot of people, for some reason, kind of liked the new format. The three-point contest was decent. I mean, out of all people... I don't best know, event of the night, for sure, for me. Oh, absolutely. No, definitely. Definitely was the best of the, of the night, for sure. And Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, who would have thought a big man winning a three-point contest? That's something special right there. Yo, I, I mean, my friends were like, yo, let's go hoop tomorrow as we were watching this uh, three-point contest. And I was like, Cat wins this, yo. I'm not hooping with you tomorrow because every big is going to be wanting to shoot threes. I'm yeah. not down to play with that. Cat wins it. I was shook. It was a weird It was a weird crew there, too. I thought my pregame pick was uh, Zach Levine. You see your boy, Freddie, you know, he at the top oh, of the back. Oh, God. Yeah, man. It, the, the Raptors did not represent very well, very well this weekend. I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, no, the, the three-point contest, yeah, was definitely the best of the night. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a weird mix in there. Um, I thought I, I was kind of on Trey, like a lot of other people where he didn't really perform the best. But I thought I was, ended up winning it. Um, yeah, that was cool. But, yeah, it was pretty cool to see a big man win. I know D-Wade, D-Wade picked Cat too to win. This guy was getting mad hyped when when Cat ended up winning that. But, but yeah, and, uh, and that just about concluded Saturday night's events because – I don't know what the hell happened after the three. I don't know what on earth happened there because it, in this case, I, I might as well have been in the dunk contest and I would have done just as well as these guys did. Like just, this is a just joke. hit the back rim on your dunks and you would have been right there. That's it. Literally. All I got to do is all I got to do is hit the rim or, or just the- jump really high and just come down with the ball still in your hands. Cause I don't know what the hell Cole Anthony and Jalen Green must've done that 10 times. Up more than 10 times. They did it at least 20. Like yeah, I, they, didn't, I, they didn't even try to dunk it. You know what I mean? They just jumped high and came down with the ball in their hands. I was like, I, like, I probably saw more misses in that. Like, honestly, I, I think I saw, I, I think I saw more. I thought I saw better dunks on teams that played my high school back in the day <laughs> in high school. I saw better dunks in those games than I did in the actual dunk contest. This wasn't a dunk contest. This was a miss contest. Like, it was literally, the judges were at the point where, eh, you hit rim, all right, I'll give you an eight. Like, uh, there were hardly any tens, hardly any fifties. It was boring as hell, put everybody to sleep. I, like, it was, it, it was a trash fest, man. It was absolutely horrible. Like, I, I don't know what they got to do to spice this up. But, like, my issue was, it wasn't like, yes, the fact that, that none of them could have, na- like, I don't even think anything has practiced. Like literally, you're in a dunk contest. Practice your damn dunks. It did not look like nobody was prepared for this for this at all. But my thing is creativity. I just like what happened to the days where like back in like 2010 and 2009, like we had Blake Griffin dunking over cars. We had Nate Robinson jumping over Dwight Howard. We had 
you know, all these different like creative. We had the 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 guy. I don't even remember who it was. Somebody dunked it, like blew out the candle on a cup. Gerald like, Green. Come Gerald on, Green. You're telling like, me you didn't like uh, the creativity of the ten minute tying of the shoelaces of the Tims? Oh Lord have mercy! I don't even know where Cole. I I don't know where he was going with it. I know Cole Anthony's your boy and everything, but Matt, like incredible player. But Lord have mercy! I don't know where he was going with that. But just no, man. Honestly, though, I will give Obi Toppin some props because his dunks are creative. Like, if he – they just took him too long. Like, the, the first one, he dunked Agreed. over a guy and he put it behind his back. And I was like, wait, I've, I've never seen that. You put it behind your back and you're jumping over somebody? That's true. Or, or um, the one where he went between the legs, hit the backboard with it, and then dunked it. Like, that's an impressive – like, I, I've never seen that. But the thing is, it took him a full – uh, attempt, you know what I mean? It took him a full attempt, couldn't get it, so he did another dunk, and then he went back to it after. So it lost all of his, you know, flair. But yeah, he he kind of he kind of showed out. Everybody else was, you know, I mean, the, and the crazy thing is, Jalen Green and Cole Anthony were getting their head at the rim basically every time too. Nah, that's true. No, that's that's that, that, that's a good point. It's true. Obi Toppin, like, if he had nailed some of those dunks the first or even the second time. I think I would have been like, damn, like that was pretty good. But I agree. It's just the fact that it just took way too long. And, they, and the, just... they graded the attempts with it. I swear Jalen Green, they said three attempts, right? And Jalen Green must have done this dunk 15 times. And they were like, oh, it doesn't count as an attempt because the ball didn't hit the rim or something weird like that. I was like, I well, how is that not an attempt? The dude jumped up to dunk and he missed. Like, what? I, th- I think it was low-key just a thing to be like, we can't just have three misses and you're done. <laughs> like, I, I feel like they're like, no, 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 no. Give him as much time. We have a, like a million people watching at home and a million people in the stands. Like, we we need to, like, do this properly. I think that's probably the reason why they were given, you know, a gazillion attempts. But good Lord, like, they, they got to do something. Like, Adam Silver, like, they, they have got to do something to spice this up because that's just not okay, man. Like, it was so boring. Last like, year's was bad, too. Yes, like the last few have been bad. Like ever since that Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon. Mm. Two years ago, though. Two years ago, the Derek Jones, Aaron Gordon one was really good. That yes, I agree. Those two were very good. But other than that, it's like, where has this event been going? I have no idea where this event is going. But I don't know, man. That was just it. Was absolute garbage. That's all I gotta say for that. To the actual All Star game, though. Lord have mercy. Steph Curry was was absolutely spectacular. Like that that was a treat to just sit and watch Steph just shoot threes all night. Honestly, that was awesome. I saw this stat that was like, I think Curry at this point had thirteen threes before. You know how he missed like seven at the row at the end, but before he missed those seven in a row at the end, um, his he hit like he was like what fourteen for like twenty one or something from three. And they're like, the dunk contest was 8 for 25. <laughs> oh and he God. was 14 for 21 or something. But, yo, Steph put on a freaking clinic. I swear, at one point, he was just chucking him from half court. And they were still just cash. He had this one floater on the baseline. And I was oh, like, yeah. How? And he's turning around. He's turning around, staring down Trey when the ball's in the middle of the air. And he's like, bro, come on. It's actually honestly ridiculous. How, uh, it's just, I wish he hit that last one, though, just to give him that points record. Steph's incredible. I I know. I'm totally with you. I wish he had gotten that too. But like, the guy's just such a treat to watch, man. Like he's so just so amazing the way that he's able to just pull up like that so confidently and just nail it every time. Man just dribbles up to mid court. Yeah, I'm just gonna casually shoot a three and call it a day. 
And he did it again, and then again. And, and then again. they were running him off the line, double-teaming him, triple-teaming him. There was that one on the 45 when he was doubled, and he pump-faked both of them, took a step inside to a regular three-point shot, and hit it. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Like, Steph, Steph is so good, man. Unbelievable. 50 points, like, just just simply incredible. And like, like I said before, I'm like, now that, now that KD's in Brooklyn and on Golden State, it allows me to root for Golden State again because I like rooting for just Steph and Clay and the team without being a super team because it's just so much more enjoyable. But man, Steph, guys, unbelievable. That was a clinic that he put on. I know it was an all-star game and everything, but like I, I gotta say though, when we talk about changing the all-star events and all that stuff, changing the all-star game to the format it is now Beautiful. was the best thing the NBA has Beautiful. ever done. Like it it is hands down the best. Like I don't, a lot of people have had the discussion lately about what's the best All Star game. It's easily the NBA because of this. If they didn't have this, that's another story. But now that you added this competitive advantage and whoever wins, you know, you, you give the money to their charity. Love it because it just everybody wins in this case scenario. So you know what I love was it. crazy though was when Curry hit like five in a row in the third quarter. I looked up because you know how they they had the total score in the corner. And I looked up and it was like Team Durant was still up by like three. And I was like, Team Durant was up like the whole game pretty much. And I was like, how? I don't even remember who even was scoring on that team. It was so weird. But uh, LeBron had to had to hit that game winner in Cleveland. Steph just really stole his night. Like he needed to hit that game winner. First, Mike, like Michael Jordan gets the biggest applause from a Cleveland f- crowd during the top 75 Michael Jordan's inducted last he gets to be in the center of the ring gets the biggest roar from the crowd and you're in LeBron's hometown Steph steals the night Steph drops 50 I mean bro LeBron really needed to do something and he did that was a tough ass shot at the end too yeah that was that was that was definitely tough and I'm, I'm gonna get to LeBron in a second but to your other point I I was feeling the same way I was looking I'm not even gonna lie I totally forgot who's on what team and whatever but when I looked at the starters for Team LeBron, I was like, damn. I'm like, you got Steph, LeBron, Jokic, DeMar. I was like, this is And Giannis, ri- bro. Giannis, yes, I forgot. Like, that's ridiculous. I looked at that and I'm like, how is Team LeBron that's not like up by like... the five best players in the league right there. Th- that's what I'm saying. I'm like, how is this team? Because also, it's your Team Durant, but Durant was injured, so he didn't yeah. even get a chance to play. But I'm like, I looked at that and I'm like, how is this team not up by 40 right now? Like, that's crazy. But then to the LeBron point, absolutely agree with you. Yeah, he definitely needed that. It was his night. But but I want to take y'all quick. I don't remember when exactly it was, but it was sometime in the offseason, I think, when we were talking about the NBA offseason. B, I did not put it in writing, but I remember it because I remember you saying it. You, we were on this podcast and you were like, what if LeBron ever went back to Cleveland? What if that actually happened and he went back at the end? We and you were like, nah, like, no way. He would just be a clown if he did that. And why would you go he, back? Dude, it's almost eight. And then this weekend, hear the rumors and the reports that LeBron's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not counting it out. Idiots. Bro, if he, if he, <laughs> he said there's a lot of stuff that he said over this weekend. But if you're Cleveland and you're building something really nice like Garland and Mobley and stuff. Like, do you really want – because, you know, he, he's going to come and he's probably going to trade away all those guys, right, for the, the two years that he's there, and then he's going to bounce and retire, and then you're just left in misery again. Like, do you really – I mean, like, I know it's LeBron. You appreciate everything he's done, but, like, do you really want that? Especially because now he's saying, yo, 
whatever team drafts Bronny, I'm going to. Or I don't know. I mean, it, it just feels like a circus. I don't know if I really want that at this point. It is a circus. I wouldn't want it at all. And what it would mean for LeBron's legacy is just I would look at him completely differently. Like I, you like you know me. I I do look at LeBron as one of the best players like to play this game. I don't know. I don't think he's the best. I still think Jordan is the best. But LeBron is one of the best. However, I would look at him in a significantly different way if he went back to Cleveland again. Because you you can't just you can't leave you know, when things aren't good. He basically planted the seeds. He's not finishing in LA. Oh, basically. And I think this whole season has just pissed them off left, right, and center. As it should, really. But at the same time, you were okay with the Russell Westbrook trade. And but I, you traded every single asset you had for Anthony Davis and Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? So how can you – you didn't make a trade because there's nothing left to trade. Yeah, and, and AD is where? He's, he's going to be sitting on the bench again. But those are his guys. I mean, like, you know how he he did this whole thing on Sam Presti? He's like, oh, Sam Presti, look what he's done. Sam Presti drafted, you know, Katie, Westbrook, Harden, all those guys. But now look at him. He's drafted Giddy. He's drafted SGA. All these assets he has. I'm like, bro, you can say the same thing about the Lakers when you came in. Like, they drafted Lonzo. They drafted Caruso. Mm-hmm. They drafted Brandon Ingram. They drafted Josh yep. Hart. But you just traded them all. They drafted Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell. Like, uh-huh. all these players, but you just traded them away. I'm like, if you were in OKC, you would have traded SGA and Giddy by now. Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. That's that's a great point. And all those guys have, have been very successful on their other teams, right? We, we were talking about Washington. As like, you know, we, we, we basically call them a team full of basically misfits. They're all a bunch of teams that aren't starters, but, like, they've been off the bench. Washington, they got off to a hot start. Now they're kind of back where we all thought they would be. But, like, they still, if I'm not mistaken, Washington's got 27 wins. They have the exact same record. So you traded away the same guys to have the exact same record as your team, which I believe the last time we had this conversation, it was the exact same thing. They had the same record. So Washington there, Julius Randle, another name you mentioned, was outstanding for the Knicks last season. Lonzo's in Chicago. Now Chicago's in second place. I know Lonzo's a little banged up. You look at all those guys that they gave away. They're all doing well in other places. Sure, when they were with the Lakers, they were still young. They're still developing. Yeah, but, but you didn't give them a chance. I mean, like dude, exactly. that's part of the thing. Like, how? Obviously, you're not okay. I see it from both sides. You come in, you're 35, whatever. You want to win a championship. You don't want to be with 19, 20, 21 year olds. But like, that's also not everything. I mean, you you're just gonna sacrifice because the next first round, the next pick they have, I think, is in like. 2027 or something that they can trade away because you know you can't there's that rule where you can't trade uh consecutive first round picks or something so the next pick they can trade is 2027 so like yeah you you go it's like you we were just talking about this in the rams you go all out for for the ring you got the ring and now this you have nothing left yeah no exactly and that's what i'm saying like it just again i would look a lot differently than LeBron if he went back to Cleveland because you can't just leave when they're crap and then come back when the Cavs are on the rise again. Like if they if the Cavs were not sitting in fourth place right now, do you really think that you'd be hearing LeBron be like, oh, maybe maybe I'll come back? I doubt it. I honestly highly doubt it. So I don't know. We'll see where that ends up going for LeBron. But like, bro, it's 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 terrible look. And another thing to add to that too is DeMar DeRozan wanted to go to LA. Like he thought he was like he was going to the Lakers. Imagine if he had did. DeMar DeRozan is in is in the conversation for MVP and has Chicago Bulls who are in second place who have been nowhere near they couldn't even taste the 500 record 
for the past God knows how many years. Imagine DeMar went to the Lakers instead of Russell Westbrook. I mean, anybody, even the trade that we were talking about, like it's just, I think Westbrook might have been like the worst possible player they could have picked up out of all the dudes rumored to go there. Probably. Yeah, probably. But anyways, I, I, mean, I, I mean, apparently he was mad that over the deadline they didn't pick yep. trade mm-hmm. Westbrook and a first rounder for John Wall. And I'm like, bro, yep. John Wall hasn't played basketball in five years. What is John Wall going to do for that Westbrook snap? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on in, in L.A. It's just a it's, a it's a it's a it's a disaster. But let's let's keep it rolling to the NBA midseason grade. So obviously we've gotten to the halfway point here and we look at it and it's just. There are a lot of surprises, I think, when you look in both conferences. Let's start in the East. The East, you got the top five teams very close. They're all two and a half games within each other. You got the Heat in first, and then Bulls, Sixers, Cavaliers, Bucks, and your Celtics are just below the Bucks, two and a half games behind them. So the East, honestly, is completely wide open. And obviously, when Brooklyn gets healthy, they're going to be in the mix, too. What are some things you're are there any surprises that you've seen in the Eastern Conference? Do you think it'll hold up? What are your thoughts going in the Eastern Conference going into the second half of the season? I'm like within five games of each other. I mean, I think the Nets, I mean, the, the problem is we don't know when Katie's back. I heard rumors yeah. Katie's coming back on Thursday. I heard another rumor saying he's out another two weeks. Dude just won't give us anything. So if he comes back on Thursday, the Brooklyn's gonna end up being a top five seed. Agreed. Um, Cleveland, I think, is due for a drop, and I think Chicago's due for a drop too. It's, I mean, it's been really impressive that Chicago's been able to stay up there with basically their starting backcourt. Um, Caruso and, and Lonzo out for like eight weeks each. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm, I'm kind of liking my, my preseason prediction of Billy Donovan winning Coach of the Year right now, but Chicago. Yeah, I could kind of see a little bit of a drop-off, but if DeMar keeps balling the way he is right now, I don't think it's going to be too big of a drop-off. Like, worst case, they may drop to, like, four. Just because imagine, one... Imagine they get rewarded with this fantastic season by playing Brooklyn in the first round as a 2-7. Oh, man. Oh, that would be brutal. That would be absolutely brutal. But then, hey, but don't forget, look, that's very similar to, to last year, right? When we thought the Suns and the Lakers... Right, and we thought the same thing about Phoenix. We're like, oh man, Phoenix had this incredible season just to face the Lakers in the first round, and the the Suns ended up winning. I'm not saying that the Bulls could play. Like, we still need to know a lot about the Bulls, but it's possible. Like, that's that's the only thing I can say that it's possible. But man, that would suck. That would definitely suck. But again, we just saw that happen last year, and we had that exact same conversation about Phoenix, and Phoenix went all the way to the NBA Finals. But again. Not saying Chicago would do the exact same thing, but again, it could happen. Um, but my thing in the Eastern Conference is again, I think Milwaukee's going to shoot up the standings a little bit. They're going to get healthier. They're going to get better. But I think in the Eastern Conference, it's just going to come down to matchups. Like if you get a good matchup, I like your chance of moving on. But if you get a bad matchup to start the year, like you just said, if Chicago draws Brooklyn, it's like oh shit, like it's not looking good for us. But it's going to be interesting to see how one through five. How there's gonna like I feel like there's gonna be a lot of shakeup there, and especially if Brooklyn gets healthy, that's now one through six that's gonna be in there. And then in the play-in tournament, it's looking like I don't even know who the hell is gonna get in there. I have a feel I, I like the way the Raps are playing right now. I know a bit of a homer there, but no, nah, they I think the Raps and and uh, Atlanta will end up making it. 
And yeah. that's a tough uh that like the Raps Miami, if it was a one eight, that's just like a pounding of a first round matchup. Like Miami will win that series, I think, but that would be so exhausting to go to the next round in. You're saying if, if Miami plays the Raps or the Hawks, like it'd the be a Raps, slap. the Raps. No, no, no. It wouldn't be a slap. It would be a good. It would be a good series. Miami yes. would win the series. A hundred percent. But it would be exhausting. A grinder. Yep. Like okay. they'd, have, they'd go into the second round and they'd play like Milwaukee in the second round. And okay. Just be like, oh my god, like we got nothing left. We're on the same page with that because I I feel the same way with the Raps. Is honestly like again, I had a, me and you. We both thought they were gonna be scrappy. But we didn't really take too much into it, right? They're young. They're getting better. But the Raps look really good. And once again, this team exceeds our expectations once again, which is shocking considering, obviously, you don't know Kyle Lowry anymore. And they're doing great. A lot of guys are – Scotty's playing great. Pascal's playing great. The Raps look good. And I do think whoever they play in the first round, it's going to be a tough out for whoever plays them. Like, they're they're going to be a grinded-out type series, whoever gets the Raptors, but that'll be interesting. Like, I, I wouldn't want to see them in the first round. Do I think Miami, Chicago, any of these teams? Yeah, I would probably say they're the favorites, but I would not count out the Raptors. Like, they've been there. I've, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, the Raps can win a few games. If they get Cleveland in the first round in a weird, like, 4-5 or maybe 3-6, who knows how this ends? I actually like the Raps in that matchup just because of experience. They got a few more guys that have been there, whether the Cavs haven't really done that. So, again, when I look at the Eastern Conference, it's matchups. And I think when we get into April, B, and we look at the stands, we look at the first-round matchups, then we'll kind of see who kind of has the best path to get to the finals. I do think it's going to come down to matchups. Bro, I love that because the East especially has so many different styles. I mean, like Miami and Toronto have – similar styles to me yep grind it out keep the game under 100 points they played in some tight games this year too uh, some ugly ass competitive games you know what i mean like it's just like who can make a shot like it's like oh my god starters are gonna be playing 45 minutes a game in that series um then chicago is kind of like the team that's like yo we play lonzo caruso DeRozan, and levine on the floor all at the same time we're playing four guards Right, like that's a weird style. Then you have the opposite. You have Cleveland. That's like, okay, we're gonna play Markkinen, Mobley, and Jared Allen at the same time. What are you gonna do about that? And then it's like, Philly and Milwaukee are both like, okay, we just have Embiid and Giannis. Nobody can stop us. Same thing. And then Brooklyn's like, oh, we don't. What's defense? Here, we're just gonna hit Patty Mills, Seth, Seth Curry. You go shoot threes. Kyrie, KD, nobody can guard you one on one. Let's just. You're not gonna outscore us. And then the Celtics right now, I mean, I don't really – the Celtics' identity as of late has been defense, defense, defense. And, I mean, it's working so far. But it's yeah. just so many different styles. Like, I mean, it's like if uh, the Bulls and Cavs play each other, you got three bigs versus four guards. Like, how does that – it's just going to break my mind. That's true. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, Cleveland has, has the length um, to get through that. No, that's a, that's a great point. And, again, I know – you and I both said last week, like, we would love to see Philly and Brooklyn play in a first-round matchup just to have one of those teams get knocked out early. But also, like, whoever plays Brooklyn, right, you want to make sure that you get home court because then you don't have to – if you possibly go to a Game 7, you don't have to deal with Kyrie, right? And you you brought that up last week. So there's no, also – if you get home court, Kyrie will play. What do you mean? No, if I'm saying for the opposite team, right, if Brooklyn has to go on the road – Kyrie right. will play. Oh, Kyrie would play. That's my mistake then. Okay, so never mind. That's actually a lot. That's actually bad. 
That's even worse then. Okay. Well, then on that note, let's move over to the West and we'll see over there. Yeah, I got I got that one mixed up there. In the West, like I'll be honest with you, I I still think Phoenix and Golden race. State. Yeah, it's it's a Western Conference Finals. Like I feel like they're on a collision course. But I am really really impressed with the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I haven't got a chance to properly watch them, and I'm sure in the coming days I will. But I talked about this early in the offseason too. I was like. I don't know, like, if the, the this is the year where the Grizzlies need to make that jump. If they can make that jump, I like where they're this, going. This and already is the jump. You this know? is a great jump. Like, for there to be able to progress themselves in a loaded Western Conference and get to 41-19, and 19, right there with Golden State and Phoenix, really, really impressive stuff with data. I know I talked about Billy Donovan Chicago. The Grizzlies coach, I think it's Taylor Jenkins, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's also in that conversation for coach of the year because Memphis... They're, they're also going to be a very tough out. I mean, for God's sakes, I know they lost them five to Utah last year, but they were even a tough out in that series. Those sleep on And they did Golden State in the play-in too, remember? Ab- uh, yes, sir, they did. That's what I'm saying. Memphis is a tough out, but I still really like Phoenix and Golden State. And when I look at the rest of the West, I just don't... Uh, there, there's not many teams that I can confidently say they can take on those two teams. So here's the thing. There's a lot of stuff going on here is... I think Phoenix has the one seed pretty much locked up. Um, Seven-game lead, basically, is a lot of games. But the thing is, Chris Paul pretty much is going to miss the rest of the regular season. Yeah, that's a good note. I forgot to mention that. Right. He, Which is weird because if there is a playoff game tomorrow, he'd be playing. He even um, checked into the All-Star game for two seconds. Thing is, like, I mean, he. I think they're just like, because, yo, Chris Paul, you get hurt. I mean, you're, you're a small guard. Your body's not built for deep postseason runs. Every single time you get dinged up. That's just how it is when you're a small guard like that, right? Yep. Give him six to eight weeks off right now. The way Booker's playing, I don't think they'll really miss a beat. Yep. Um, Just get him rest and, you know, let's get those legs healthy for the playoffs because who knows, right? And then in, in Golden State, Draymond Green, when is this guy coming back? Draymond Green's been out for who knows how long. Who knows how long he's going to be out. I, I haven't seen no timetable on when this guy's coming back. Clay's starting to pick it up. He had, you know, a 39, I think, or 33 or something like that the other day. But how far can they go without Draymond Green? That's the glue that keeps it all together, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's funny that they mentioned that. I I completely even didn't even connect the dots with this one. You know, Chris Paul kind of reminds me of, in a way, it's kind of like the Matthew Stafford of the NBA, right? Always, always putting up numbers, always doing his thing, great leader, but just doesn't have that ring. I think Chris Paul, and same thing, Stafford gets hurt a lot, but still plays through it. Chris Paul, exactly like you said, like if there's a playoff game tomorrow, he's playing. Like it, there's nothing stopping him. But if you're giving him that, and Phoenix is killing, God, see, they have 10 losses this season. Like Phoenix has been absolutely unstoppable this year. Chris Paul, like because Phoenix is so, has been so good this year. You're giving Chris Paul time. It'd be like, look, man, we're good. Like, you could sit on the bench, and then game one of the first round, you'll be ready to go, and you can come back, and we're going to be good for that. So Phoenix is in really good shape. It's crazy to even say that when Chris Paul's like, Chris Paul's is the leader of your squad. But like Bro, you said— Booker's different, man. I mean, I, I've been—I used to could not stand this dude. We were but... getting on him last year in the finals. No, no, no. Okay, last year he kind of won me over a little bit. I still didn't really like him. But ever since Chris Paul's been there, like, you can see this dude's different. Like, 
when he was on those trash Phoenix teams and he was just all, yeah, I mean, you know, let me get buckets, let me get buckets. He's really different. The craziest stat to me about this Phoenix team is I think they were like 24 and four in clutch games or something like that. Wow. Those are supposed to be 50 50 games, right? That's supposed to be 14 and 14 out of those 28. Yep. 24 and four. That's wild. That is, that is pretty wild. And again, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, book, we tied, same thing we said about Memphis about taking the leap. Phoenix kind of needed that to do. Like, I didn't think they were going to be like this good, be the number one seed type good. There might be a bit of a drop off, but they came out and they just, they came out like a like shot out of a cannon from day one and they had just haven't stopped. They keep that going. Phoenix, I don't know, man. It's, I, again, I just cannot wait to see them. I, at least I hope it's them unless anyone disrupts it. If it's Phoenix and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals, just be a crazy, crazy series. Um, so let's let's play a little pretender versus contender here at the halfway point. Let's start. Let's go back to the Eastern Conference. Let's start with the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are sitting in second place. They're 38 and 21. They got a pretty good MVP candidate in DeMar DeRozan. Like you mentioned, Caruso and Lonzo have been a little dinged up here and there. Where do you have Chicago so far? Pretender or contender? Pretender. No, not even a question to me. It's a couple years too early. Don't really see it. I mean, We've seen firsthand DeRozan in the playoffs. Those Raptors teams are always pretenders to me. So I don't know, man. They're just not. They're, there's a clear cut tier for the Eastern Conference to me, and they're not in that. That's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say they could be a surprise contender. I don't know how sold I am just yet, but I would say that they have potential to do it. Demar, yes, I know. Time and time again, he's had trouble getting out of the first round of the playoffs and letting down and all that. But this year's been very different. And if he can be able to get, and again, Chicago gets a good matchup, they can progress. If they get a crap matchup in the first round, they're done. It all kind of comes down to that. But I think Chicago will be a tough out come playoff time, and we'll see if they're able to hold it on. But I'd say they, again, I don't know about a full contender, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won a round or two and progressed. Cleveland, I think, surprised all of us that the fact that they're 35 and 23 sitting in fourth place. I know for me, I'm literally shocked the Cavs have even gotten to this point. It's been very impressive. Your boy Evan Mobley's been balling. Um, There's Garland. Garland, yep. Absolutely. So so the Cavs for you, is this kind of too good to be true or do you think they actually have a chance of progressing a little bit? Nah, it's, I mean, this is a great step. Nobody thought they were going to be here, but I, I don't even think they'll win their first-round matchup. Um, I mean, it's a great time. I love watching their games. Love it. They do this weird thing because Mobley's so versatile, right? Mobley, they have Mobley sometimes when they go zone, and they have Mobley guarding the ball, right? So imagine you're like a little guard like Trey Young, right? And you have to deal with the length of Mobley staying in front of you. And they're playing a zone, right? So Trey Young, okay, somehow I beat Evan Mobley. I get to the basket. Oh my God, there's Jared Allen right there. Like, no wonder they're winning games. Who's scoring on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Evan Mobley is so versatile, man. He can shoot. You can put him in the paint. Like you said, he can guard ball if he wanted to. Evan Mobley is so versatile and he's a problem. I think for me, for Cleveland, when it comes down to it, I'm going to say pretender for the sole reason of just they're not experienced yet. And that's okay. It's their first year, they're young as hell. But this is a really, really great step to get into the playoffs, get this experience against whoever they'll play. If Cleveland can hold on to a playoff spot, 
I, I think this is a great step for them. Definitely. But again, they're very, very young. Hey, you can't – playoff experience is so important for a young squad like that. Just be there. I mean, like just – I mean, Memphis lost 4-1 in the last round last year. Now the top three seed. Just get your guys better. You don't – nobody's at that superstar level yet that you need in the playoffs. We're like, yo, we need a bucket right here. The other team went on a run. They don't have that guy yet. L- look, the Cavs have never been good without LeBron James. Like, never. And the fact that this is the first time where they've actually got a rebuild kind of right and they have a nice young core to build with is a huge plus for Cleveland. So if they can just get into the playoffs, get some experience, who knows? If They might shock us and win a series. Who the hell knows? But just get into the playoffs and get some experience. It's a huge, huge step for the Cavaliers. Philadelphia, obviously there's the trade there with the 76ers. James Harden is now there. Pretender or contender. Bro, I have no idea. I need to see a couple games like this before. I mean, James Harden, I honestly have no idea how these two are going to leak. Embiid is playing MVP basketball right now. We know James Harden's best when the ball's in his hands, and he's isoing the whole time. Embiid's kind of the same. I have no idea how this is going to work. I'm going to say – Oh, no, go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if they – I mean, you could tell me they make the finals. I'll buy it. I mean, for that reason, you got two dudes that are literally unstoppable with the balls in their hands. I have to give them a contender. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's totally fair to say that. Like, it, you got Embiid and Harden, like, that's that's automatically, you'd say, a contender. For me, I'm actually going to say pretender. I know this is a little premature because I have not seen them play together. They could be amazing together or they could be not very good. Who knows? But I'm going to say pretender for one reason. That's because I just don't believe in James Harden. Like, he's shown me time and time again that he can't get past the conference finals when it matters. Joel Embiid's going to show up. But are you going to show up? That's what I want to see from James Harden. If they, if he, he can prove me wrong, I won't talk shit about James Harden again. But, like, he hasn't shown me He's anything. He's been a, a perennial loser, man. Like, a straight up. That's what I'm saying. He has not shown me that he can take down the dragon. Like, you, if you drop Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the playoffs, take him down. Like, if you're James Harden, take him down. He, Get did, to take, an, he did take the Nets down last year. Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But I mean, like I don't know, man. James Harden just needs to show me a lot more. Memphis. Let's head over to the Western Conference here. Obviously, forty-one nineteen, sitting in the three spot. We just talked about how amazing their turnaround has been here. Grizzlies pretender contender. So yeah, you ever heard the Phil Jackson saying, "If you win forty games before you lose twenty, you're a contender." Forty-one and nineteen right now, contender by those standards, but. Two team race in the West, man. I don't see uh, that them being beating Golden State or I mean, if I I'm saying you're a contender, I see you having a shot of making the finals. I don't see them beating Golden State or Phoenix four times out of seven. Just don't see it. I see Memphis as being a contender to get to the Western Conference Finals, but a pretender to get to the NBA Finals. I have a feeling they could make a surprise and get to the Western Conference Finals, but I'm the same as you. I just, I can't see it. Like, again, this is an amazing big step for Memphis to get to this point, to win 41 games at the halfway point. This is outstanding what they've been able to do. But when it comes down to the playoffs, can you beat some of these teams? I don't know. I mean, if the playoffs ended today, they get Jokic and the Nuggets. Like, I could see that one going to six, seven games. It'll be interesting to see how that goes down the stretch, but I'm going to say Grizzlies pretender for now. The Utah Jazz sit in fourth place, 36-22. and 22. The Jazz are a weird one. 
They've been very, very good for the last four years, but have not really been able to get over the mountaintop. What are your thoughts on the Jazz? It's always going to be a pretender, man. They got to shake something up. I know they traded Joe Ingles, super beloved in, in Salt Lake City, but like, it's just the, it's the Gobert, Donovan, something just up there, man. It's just not enough for me. No, I'm the same with, with Utah. Like, Donovan Mitchell's the real deal, but yeah, they need they need something else to kind of share. And I know Donovan Mitchell's a little angry too. He's like, we needed more, and we didn't do more because Utah has a shot. Like, if they went out and got someone else to pair with Donovan they, Mitchell. You know what they need? They need a, a some athleticism on the wing spot. Like, mm. it was Bogdanovich is too slow. Then they had Joe Ingles that was too slow. Like, they don't got – who's like their guy? Yo, I'm going to lock you up. Like, they're, you have, you're going to have to guard. Who's their guy to guard, you know, the, the Currys, the Bookers, you yeah. know, like that wing spot, like, you know, the the score first guy don't have that. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And again, like if they if they drew, if the playoffs ended today, they would draw Luka and the Mavericks. And I think that's a tough game in itself for them. So I, I'm going to say pretender for the Jazz right now. I just think they need a little bit more. I love Donovan Mitchell. I feel like he has the ability to create noise and he even win one playoff game on his own. But they need a lot more to be able to contend. But who knows? Maybe the Jazz might shock us. We'll see. And then last but not least, the everybody's favorite, the Los Angeles Lakers, sitting at 27-31 and 31 in ninth place, significantly not exceeding expectations whatsoever. B, do the Lakers have any shot whatsoever of making any noise in the playoffs, if they even get there? I mean, I wouldn't want to play a healthy LeBron and Anthony Anthony Davis. I don't care who the other three players are on that team. If me, you, and my dad showed up, I still wouldn't want to play on that team. I mean, play against that team. I, LeBron and Anthony Davis, healthy. It's not something I want to do. But team's still trash. I mean, I don't... They can make noise. I mean, if they draw, you know, get lucky somehow and draw anybody besides those top two, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the series. Yeah, I feel like it's the same thing for them. Like, it's a matchup thing for the Lakers. Like they would need a good matchup to get in there. But obviously, like I said, LeBron is good enough to win at least a game or two by himself, but a game or two, you got to win four in the postseason. I just can't see that happening with the team they got right now. And especially if Anthony Davis is not healthy, Anthony Davis is like just becoming a thorn in the Lakers side ever since the bubble. Like he just hasn't been able to stay healthy at the worst possible times. That's been killing the Lakers, and for that reason, I see them as a pretender. It's crazy to think that with a team of LeBron not being a contender, but like the Lakers have shown absolutely nothing to any of us that they're able to do anything right now. And if they play Phoenix or Golden State in the first round, they're going to get steamrolled. So I don't know what to think there. If I'm LeBron, I can see why you want out because it's not looking good for them at all right now um in the western conference but we'll see if the lakers are able to dig themselves out of a hole otherwise they'll be playing in the play-in tournament for the second consecutive year um so with that before we wrap this thing up let's kind of get to our some of our predictions for the second half of the season b you got any bold predictions for the second half of the season hmm let me think i'm i'm thinking so my preseason pick right was milwaukee's gonna win the championship against phoenix I'm still sticking with that. I'm still sticking. Phoenix, by far, has been the best team in the league this year, by far. Um, and I still think Milwaukee's coming out the East. So my preseason is still Milwaukee over Phoenix. I'm still taking it. Bold-wise, call me the homer. But, yo, the Celtics make a noise. I think they're going to end up with the best 
defensive. By all the ratings, they're going to end up with the best defense in the league by the end of the season. Interesting. Yeah, I can see it. Like I said, the East is very open. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know really where to go there. I do think the Miami Heat will end up as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't really know why. I just have a feeling they're going to end up being the number one seed. Jimmy Butler's had a good year. If Kyle Lowry can actually be able to stay on the court and give them a nice tandem there, I like what Miami's doing. I could see them being in the number one spot there in the East. Um, I would still, I still think Milwaukee's a team to beat. Like they're the defending champions. I don't mm-hmm. care what seed they are. You got to beat the Bucks to do any damage you want there. So we'll see there. Brooklyn, they end in a top five seed. I think that for sure. I'm going to predict that. I think they'll be a top five team in the East by the end. Of this, I think Cleveland falls to, let's say, six. But it's not a too much of a deep drop, but they still get into the playoffs there. And then I'm with you. I like the Raps and the Hawks moving on into the playoffs from the play-in tournament. And then in the West, this is, the, this is a tough one, man. I think the Lakers have enough to get themselves into the top eight. But they got to go through the play-in tournament first to get in there. And then, honestly, I'm going to say the Minnesota Timberwolves make the playoffs. Not the play-in tournament. I think they make the top eight. I like what they can do. I like what D'Lo and, and Cat are doing there. So I'm going to say the Timberwolves make the top eight, but I'm still with you. I still think Phoenix and Golden State are the teams to beat. So that will do it for this episode of Baller Island. It was a nice NBA second half season preview as we got a lot more games to look ahead to. And of course, next weekend, first week of March. So you know what that means. We're going to start talking college ball and NCAA as we get closer and closer to March Madness. B final thoughts. Real quick, who's the MVP? Embiid or Jokic? Embiid or Jokic, man. This is like, I know going back to back MVPs is tough and everything. I don't really want to see it. So for that reason, I'm going to say Joel Embiid. Jokic is having an incredible year. Again, it's crazy that Denver's been able to stay afloat, even without Jamal Murray, what he's been doing. But Joel Embiid was just insane last year, so I'm gonna say Embiid. You? Yeah, I mean, right, right now it's Embiid. Early in the year it was Jokic. I think Jokic is gonna make another push, man. But yo, bigs are back. Yeah, no, the no doubt. The center's not dead, yo. No doubt, no doubt. They're making a name for themselves for sure. But we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, we'll keep an eye on a lot of other things going around the league of basketball. Of course, this week is a little bit dead, but we'll be back in business on Fridays. The NBA season gets back underway for the second half there that'll do it for this week's episode of baller island stay tuned for next week's episode and don't forget to give us a follow on instagram and twitter for more sports news and analysis Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked. Stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.